Hey guys, welcome back to the F1 Girls. I'm Amy. And I'm Rihanna. And today we are going to be talking about the Imola um, race weekend. And all I can say is, wow. I think it's, I feel like it's almost too much of a race considering how, how tired we are <laughs> after such a busy weekend. I think my brain can't handle it. <laughs> yeah, we both have really busy weekends. So it's, it's just a lot to take in, like a lot to soak in. But it has been um one of the best races I've seen in a while I think yeah I mean we had we had quite a few exciting ones last year but yeah it's nice to come back especially after a three a three week break to come back to such an exciting uh race so yeah I'm I'm not disappointed in the slightest yeah definitely so um before we start sort of talk about the actual race weekend what were your sort of predictions or expectations of what was going to happen sort of coming into the weekend this one was a bit it's a bit of a hard one because we've only had one race to go off and obviously it was a very tight one and we can clearly see from um Bahrain how many weeks ago that uh, Red Bull have definitely closed that gap into matching Mercedes and obviously this was um Max's opportunity to draw level with Hamilton in the uh, driver's points and obviously that did happen today which is which is good because we can see a little bit more competition and obviously past years of course yeah so I honestly came into it thinking that it was just going to be another um, Hamilton Verstappen and Bottas in the top places yeah definitely and I, I think it's also nice because obviously with Red Bull they've not that um Gasly and Album weren't competitive but they were never consistently up challenging for a podium and obviously I feel like even though we've only had one race with Perez and he has been a little bit unlucky with certain elements of uh, his car and that but I just know that he's going to be putting pressure on the Mercedes just as much as Max is so I feel like Bottas can't be comfortable anymore with an easy podium he has to work a lot harder than he probably did last time and obviously today we saw that definitely was the case and <laughs> he was absolutely nowhere near that podium at all yeah um so let's start with um the qualifiers this weekend so obviously it was a tough one there were so many time deletions um throughout the qualifying um yeah no well listening to some of uh, looking at the track and hearing what um people have to say about it it i feel like because the cars have gotten so big now i think it's um, this circuit is similar to that of a street circuit where there's not much room and it is actually quite difficult to overtake so like people going off and getting their time deleted is probably going to be a common thing on a track like this and obviously that's exactly what we we saw especially in qualifying which is disappointing especially throughout when people who don't usually qualify as well as they might have done when their times got deleted that was definitely heartbreaking and let's also talk about in Q1 um, Sonoda crashing causing a red flag literally within like the first couple of minutes yeah that was that was such a shame because obviously we saw him put in quite a, a good performance in Bahrain so it would be nice to have seen him not well not out on the Q1 uh, nice to see him actually because the uh Amphitaries are looking quite good this year so I, I reckon he would definitely have been in Q2 probably Q3 with Gasly as well and although yeah it's only his first or well, second race I really do think that he would have been up there if he had been given the opportunity yeah definitely he's um showing quite a bit of potential really and it's just sad that he didn't get the chance to sort of like you say be up in those in q2 and in q3 
to actually compete he didn't even get he, get a chance to compete in Q1 really so yeah it's disappointing for for him yeah but exactly. obviously Norris in qualifying let's just talk about him for a second he's defying all expectations I mean I think I know I never dismissed him necessarily but he's he's just he's just on a streak really isn't he getting what P2 and Q2 and very nearly doing amazingly well in Q3 I think you can see he's very comfortable in the car and I guess that raises some questions about Ricardo. I know obviously he's, it's a new team he's not used to the car or anything yet but it's again we're seeing a very experienced driver like Ricardo not doing as well as you, you think he would. Yeah you can tell he's kind of still trying to figure out the car um, but Norris obviously has that those two extra years with that um, side of things like he is fully got to grips with the car and like you say he does look very very comfortable in it and obviously it's a shame after um, in Q3 that his time got deleted um, and he could have been P2 but he uh, he brought it back he brought it back yeah I suppose that leads us to to Q3 and I, that was definitely a mixed bag high highs and lows for lots of lots of different people wasn't it yeah definitely I mean um Perez did amazingly well in Q3 um and it was nice to see him up in the uh, top three spot and out qualifying for Stappen um which hasn't happened since Ricardo left Red Bull so I think yeah. um Perez is a really good teammate for Verstappen and um he has he can give him that competition that he needs yeah exactly and I'm a little bit worried though because I feel like obviously we know Verstappen's a very a very hungry driver. He will he won't let anyone get in his way in that sense. So we kind of want them both to take the fight to Mercedes rather than fight each other. But obviously it's only been two races and we we haven't seen the full extent of that. But I also think that because we we can almost see that the season's going to go pretty well for Perez, hopefully, unless there's some drastic change and his, his level drops off. It almost raises the question about Albon. Is he, obviously, I think, is he a reserve driver? Yeah, I think he's still he's um, still with Red Bull, but he's reserve driver. I just I just have a bad feeling that he's he's just not going to come back. So obviously they've got Snowden out in the Avatarian. I just have a feeling that he's just out for, for good now. Yeah, it really doesn't look good for Albon. Obviously, like you say, you've got Sonoda, you've also got Gasly, who I think he will be able to get up into the, the big Red Bull team very soon with the way he's been performing, especially last season. And obviously, he's not done as well in the first couple of races this season, but he can bring that back. Yeah, so you think Gasly will actually go back to a Red Bull seat then? Do you think? I think he, I think he does have a chance of going back to a Red Bull seat. I'd like to see him back in the Red Bull seat, and it'll be. I think it will be good for him because obviously he got demoted back to. Um, Alpha Tauri and that will obviously have knocked his confidence and he has to he now has to sort of prove himself again and I feel like if he does get back up into the Red Bull it'll be a good thing for him yeah potentially I feel I feel like I've got a, a differing opinion I feel, I feel like the relationship that Gasly has with Red Bull I feel like it's almost ruined and I, I obviously I can't see into the future but I have a feeling Gasly might do kind of a bit what Ricardo's doing he'll, he'll if a team's working for him he'll stay if not I feel like He'd be more likely to go like Renault or like Alpine. Or he, I feel like he's going to be a bit of a bouncer depending on situation. But I'd love you to prove me wrong. I'd really love to see Gasly in a in a Red Bull seat because we know that's a very 
good championship contending car. Yeah, so we'll, we'll bet on that. <laughs> yeah, that'll be interesting to see, won't it? <laughs> <laughs> so obviously we've had the people who've had the really good qualifying, but let's just talk about Bottas. He did not have a good qualifying at all. All I can say is I'm disappointed. He's in pretty much exactly the same car as Hamilton. Hamilton can bring pretty much, he's, yeah, almost most qualifying, he will be in pole position. Most races he wins. That just, I think he, Bottas is coming to the end of his journey at Mercedes. I really don't think if this performance continues, he's definitely out of 2022. And my bet is George will be in if Bottas cannot perform. Yeah, he's, like you say, it's disappointing, isn't it? it? Like, we know he's a really good driver. We know he can handle that car. But it's just not showing through at the minute. And like you say, he if he does carry on like this, he 99.9% chance of him not returning for 2022 with Mercedes. Um, but obviously it will be nice to see George in, in the Mercedes car again. But we are a bit biased. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> just, just a little tiny bit. <laughs> so let's move on to race day. It has been a hell of a race today. Yeah, definitely. I was so glad to see that um, it was raining or with, like the track was wet just before it started. Because you know when there's a wet track, it's going to be a very, very interesting race. Yeah, definitely. So even before the race started, we had a few a few incidents, didn't we? So uh, Alonso, he lost control and crashed into the barrier and damaged his car like 30 minutes before the race even began. Not a, not a great start, is it? But luckily that was before anything major and he could get it all sorted. Yeah, the team did really well to be able to get that car back and ready for the race and then the Aston Martins both of them had issues um, with the brakes um, which led to Vettel starting from the pit Mm, yeah not again that's not going to help Vettel's confidence at all is it him not uh, is that this did he start where did he start um Bahrain it was either towards the back or yeah I think it was either at the back or in the pit somebody yeah, started in the pit that's not where he wants to be he if he if he's going to have any shift in mindset he needs to be well qualified a lot better than he has been especially not in the pits because it, it almost like it's very negative start you need to be in a positive mindset to start the race otherwise it's all just going to go downhill isn't it yeah he's not been doing too well in the past well in the past couple of races literally <laughs> And obviously on the formation lap, Leclerc spam. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, it was wet. But what I didn't realise is if if you spin and you don't catch up, then you you have to start in the pits. I mean, how gutting would that have been? Because obviously he put in a pretty good performance for what the Ferrari can do in terms of qualifying. So to have all that hard work just undone for a tiny mistake in a formation lap, that would just be gutting, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'm the same as you. I didn't realise that until they said it on the commentary. But yeah, like you say, it would be it would have been a really disappointing start for Leclerc if he had to start in the in the pits because he spun on the formation lap. So once the race got going, it was quite interesting actually. So obviously we've got to start sort of start and talk about Max's um 
start of the race I think that was just brilliant because you, you could see because obviously um obviously Perez and Hamilton were ahead of him and I, I feel like although Hamilton he did get a good start like he usually tends to do I think he must have just been occupied with what Perez was doing and just didn't even see the step and coming up behind him that was I just think that was just amazing and I think I think the reason why he had such an amazing start is he started in second gear uh so if that works for him then why not because once he was going, he was absolutely flying and, yeah, was able to just make that move on him, which was brilliant. Yeah, the fact that he was able to make the move and then get so far ahead was so impressive. Like, I was sat there watching it being like, oh, my God, how has he managed this? Um, yeah, so that was really... He's just an incredible driver and the way he did that sort of showed just how incredible he is. Yeah, he's, he's always proving himself every time, isn't he? I don't think there's ever a point where I've ever doubted his ability because every, even if he has a bad race, he's back proving it in the next one. So yeah, I don't think anyone can really doubt his skill and ability, 100%. Yeah. Somebody who didn't have the greatest start though was Latifi. So obviously he spun the first time, got himself back and back onto the track. And then he uh, managed to get like get contact with Maspin and... Um, span off and that was it for him yeah I was I was so ready to think that it was Mazepin's fault but in reality it wasn't I was just when I was watching I was just ready to go off more being like oh of course it was but actually fair play he wasn't his fault at all and it was I think it's just a just a racing incident but I do love to see a safety car because it just it brings the pack together again and you get some more like good overtakes especially with a circle like this you need as many opportunities as you can to have overtaking so yeah as much as I I wouldn't want anyone to spin out or whatever but it's nice to get that safety card to bring bring them all back together again yeah I was the same with Maspin I was 100% like ready to give him the blame for Latifi going off but obviously it's it's one of those things isn't it and I mean I was gonna say it can't be helped it can be helped but um, it's racing at the end of the day and things like that are going to happen and like you say it is good to see um a safety car come out quite I like when they come out quite early in the race because then it just it's more exciting for us I feel yeah I mean it stops people getting away because I feel like the most boring race is the ones where someone gets a really good start it's usually Hamilton and then he's just ahead like by like 10 20 seconds and you're like well no one's going to catch him that's just so boring but yes, if the safety car's out early, it kind of just eliminates that risk and, you know, you can get excited for the next however many laps because you know it's not going to be straightforward. Yeah, definitely. And talking about safety cars, let's just quickly talk about Perez overtaking under a safety car. Oh, I feel like, I feel like, because he's been in the sport so long now, he should have known that. Or at least he should have checked with the people on his radio. Like, can I just double check I can do that? Because that's that's just an error that just didn't need to happen. He was he was looking so promising at that point, wasn't he? Yeah, like you say, he's been in the sport for so long. He should know the rules by now. He should know that he can't be overtaken under a safety car unless the car in front of them has like visual like damage or has a problem that he can visually see. And it's just it's frustrating more than anything yeah no definitely it's you want you want I feel like I, I don't want to say that was bad luck because that was 100% his fault but I just want I just want a race where Perez and Verstappen can don't have any issues like that so you can really see how they contend with each other and how they contend with the cars around them because we I don't think we've had the opportunity to see that yet yeah definitely so another thing that 
was quite interesting at the start of the race really was um people's uh, tire strategy yeah that, i think especially with wet races that is such an important thing and it can really make or break whether someone does well or not and i think we all know who had the worst tire strategy and that was obviously gasly <laughs> he was they just left him out there with the wets on for ages and people were overtaking him one by one and i could hear them on the radio like oh no there's rain coming don't worry and it just never came and you just think oh he was you could have done so well if he had the right tire strategy i felt so bad for him like i was literally there like going why are they not bringing him in they need to box i was literally shouting at the tv for them to box and they just weren't doing it. And yeah, like you say, he could have done so much better if he'd had the right tyre strategy. And it is the most one of the most important things when you do have a race within these conditions, in the conditions that we have today. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it it's such a, I feel like sometimes when people do go against the grain, so I think what um, AlphaTauri were going to do is hoping that they'd be the only ones with the right tyres on if it did rain. And then obviously Gasly could fly through everyone while everyone was pitting and getting the right tyres on but obviously that that didn't pay off this time but I think it's good to take risks like that occasionally if you really do think it could go somewhere but obviously that just didn't um happen today unfortunately yeah it's just it was disappointing um Mm -hmm. for him so and McLaren let's talk about my favorite team (laughs) (laughs) their decision to switch Norris and Ricardo. what do you think? I think I think in that specific situation I think that probably was the right thing to do just because I think um, Norris was clearly had some good pace but he wasn't able to optimize it because obviously there wasn't enough clear air obviously coming from Ricardo. So I, I think from a, a team point of view that is definitely the right thing to do to switch them. but I just when I saw it I just think, um, Ricardo's probably having flashbacks to um, when he was at Red Bull and the last thing he needs is to be um, second best and that, although there there tends to be uh, maybe even an unofficial number one driver but you, that's the whole reason he left Red Bull because they, they felt they were favouring Max too much so I feel like although it was good for like the race today and obviously that that definitely paid off that move for like the McLaren culture and like the behind the scenes relationships I feel like they've only got a few more of those they can use before Ricardo goes right you're, you're clearly just favoring him now when you're gonna let me try and like do better than him if you get what I mean yeah I think it's probably a good job that they didn't air what Ricardo would have said afterwards because I can imagine he could he would have been so frustrated about it um like you say it it happened to him at Red Bull and obviously he doesn't want that to happen again which is why he kind of is bouncing between teams and obviously we all kind of know that Lando is probably (laughs) he's probably the favorite at the minute for McLaren but it's it's a difficult one I think like you say for the race it was the best move and um it obviously paid off with where Norris finished, but in the moment, you can imagine just how frustrating that will have been for Ricardo. Yeah, and no, no one wants to be told to let the other one pass, especially by someone who has so much less experience. It's a little bit demoralising in a way, but again, if the team tells you to do it, you don't really have a choice in it. No, and I don't think he's been there long enough to sort of argue with the team at this point. So yeah. I think if he 
been there a bit longer then obviously he would have had that chance to sort of say actually no I think this is the better move but um yeah it's just I think it's just not great for him as for his starting for, with the team so let's talk about Hamilton's pit stop oh Mercedes just can't seem to get it right at the minute yeah this was definitely a crunch point and that could have made the race go a completely different way potentially and it Although it, it wasn't like a terrible pit stop like we saw with um, Bottas and Russell back in last season when that was just made me want to throw something on the TV. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I feel like they, they could they could have just banged out a really quick, smooth pit stop, got the job done, but no, weren't capable of it. Yeah, it was such a crucial moment in the race and for, for definitely for Hamilton, it was a crucial moment and they, they messed it up <laughs> and it was just... You, you could just imagine how frustrated he would have got. I mean, it was four seconds that he was stopped at his pit stop, and that is just too long for, for them as well. well that, yeah, even even if that was, even if it didn't need to be, but that's, that's still quite, that's double the amount of time you'd want it to be. Like, that, I really feel like if Mercedes want to be the best team, like, untouchably, they just need to have it down their pit stops. Like, they need... They can't afford to do this anymore because it's getting kind of silly. Yeah, definitely. They really need to sort of crack it with the pit stops and then maybe they will be the untouchable team. But right now they are making it a bit easier for other teams to come in, sort of compete with them. And speaking of Hamilton, he did not have a good race, did he? He ended up in the gravel. I just want to say I think Hamilton is the luckiest driver that I can remember. I mean, obviously, he is exceptionally talented, but the amount of mechanical issues that he's had that have gone well for him that wouldn't go well for anybody else is just extraordinary. Like, even, was it, I can't remember, last year or the year before when he got a puncture and he was able to still come home in, in first place. But the same thing happened to Bottas and his whole tyre exploded and he was dragging it on the floor, like... He's just so lucky that he didn't, that he was able to get out of the, like, the gravel trap and back on, like, what put it in second. And what's even more annoying, um, obviously, I, I haven't studied the, like, the rule book, but I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to reverse into oncoming traffic. Like, I'm pretty sure that's a straight up penalty and nothing happened again. I think that's just luck. Yeah, so, he is an extremely, extremely lucky driver. And the fact that he didn't, damage his car more while coming off the track was pretty impre- incredible um but yeah obviously that ended up with him being quite far down on the on the leaderboard but then he came straight back up and took p2 so yeah i think i think that's got a lot to do with our next point about um the the red flag that happened which is obviously another crucial point in the race and i'm still a little bit confused about what happened i wasn't I don't even. I'm not really sure whose fault it was between the Russell and Bottas um, crash. I'm feeling it's more Russell's fault potentially. Yeah, I feel like it is more Russell's fault, but at the same time, I feel like Bottas did have a part to play in it because he obviously moved over ever so slightly, which made Russell move over into the grass, and then Russell span and caught Bottas in the crossfire. But yeah, I think and Russell has said it after the race that he thinks that. Um, Bottas did that because he was threatened um, by him and oh, so many politics 
Oh my god. Did you see the um the footage of when like they were both going out, Russell walked over to Bottas and like when I first saw it, I was like, oh, um, Russell gave him a pat on the back. That seemed really hard. And then I rewatched it and apparently, like, Bottas put his middle finger up and then <laughs> Russell just... Yeah, Bottas flipped in the bird and <laughs> Russell was not happy about it. But, um, yeah, I initially thought Russell was going over to see if Bottas was okay, but um, I heard that it was a bit opposite of that and he was going over to be like... What the hell do you think you're doing? I mean, I can un- I can understand Russell's frustration because obviously he was what ninth or tenth or ninth at the time. Obviously, yeah, he was about to get his first championship point. Oh, yeah, like that, that he would have like properly earned because I I think I think maybe like either last year or year before he did get some points for Williams, but that was I think that was that time in Germany when everyone like crashed out. So I feel like although it counts, it doesn't really count but like Russell got on there completely on his own merit and then for that instance come along that must have been absolutely like heartbreaking for him. Yeah you can understand both their frustrations obviously Bottas wasn't having the greatest of races and he was trying to get back up into some good points and obviously like you say Russell was having a good race and he was there on his own merit and he was doing well and I think it is just one of those things, but like we say, it's it's frustrating for the both of them, and you can see like tempers flared. Yeah, I suppose it it doesn't it doesn't really help that Russell is potentially thrusting his seat. So I, I don't think them two probably have the best relationship at this point, and that definitely did not help. No, probably not. So speaking of the red flag, let's talk about the restart in particular, Norris and their tire choice. Well, that was just a brilliant move from him. I, I was not expecting that. And I don't think the team was expecting that either. Otherwise, they probably wouldn't have put him on a soft. It was definitely, that's what annoys me the most. I think he definitely, I think he probably might have kept P2. Because obviously, I think, to, especially towards the end, he was he was losing quite a bit of time to Hamilton. Because he was on a soft and his tyres worn out. I still maybe probably think that... Hamilton would have got him anyway but I think it would have been a lot closer towards the end so yeah Softs was definitely not a good choice for the restart. No I don't think it was either I mean the overtake was pretty incredible but then later on down the line obviously the Softs just aren't the best tyres in that situation and um, like you say Hamilton obviously would have got him but it would have been a lot closer and it I think it would have been more interesting as well, the race, the end of the race. Yeah, and I was thinking it's probably a nice learning curve for Norris because it wasn't, because even because he, he still came third, so he still did exceptionally well, but it also shows the importance of like maintaining your tyres. And I think he probably could have maintained them a little bit better to make them last. But yeah, I th- I, he's learned that now. And although it probably was the wrong choice, he now has that little bit more experience on tyre management and how important it actually is I swear he's always being told to look after his tyres all the time on the team radio it's like look after your tyres Norris God's sake (laughs) (laughs) so let us talk about Perez's spin that was annoying he went from fourth to 14th in like a split second not not great for yeah not great for him I really do think that he'll be I think he definitely would have got a podium I reckon he probably would have caught up to to Norris and that at that point and I just think yeah he would have got his his podium but again it it, it was a wet track everyone was spinning left right and center and he was just 
fell victim to that as well. So again, other learning curve, make sure that you try and not spin. I know that's easier said than done, but the pressure yeah, it's, again. it's crazy what sort of one mistake can cost you. And obviously when he spun and lost his 10 places, it was just, you just like sat there watching it like, why? Come on, man. But obviously it's, it's difficult with the track being as wet as it was and they were coming towards the end of the race and I can imagine the concentration was lacking and that kind of thing so yeah I also feel like what's weird I feel like if that had been either Gasly or Albon I know I keep going on about this but it's it's an an interesting topic to me I feel like it'd been one of them two I would have been more annoyed but I feel like with Perez I still know he's capable of so much so I just think although he just had a bad day I feel like I probably would have been a lot harsher on Albon and Gaz, even though they're not as experienced, but I would been, I know that Perez can do so much better, but I almost semi expect it from probably definitely Albon, considering what we did see towards the end, how he, his, his performance was trailing off. But I feel like this was, I think this is just a blip in what Perez can do, which is exciting, obviously, for the rest of the season. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's talk about the end of the race and Hamilton's overtake on Norris. To be honest, like, I think it was definitely inevitable that um, Hamilton was going to overtake Norris. I was kind of surprised it took as long as it did. I mean, I think for about a good three or four laps, he was within potential like striking distance, but he just never quite got there, which shows how how like much pace Norris had and how much he didn't want Hamilton to overtake him, even though we all were kind of expecting it. But I feel like since he was on such old tyres, I almost think Hamilton can, in a Mercedes with mediums, I feel like he probably could have got the job done quicker, but... That's just me splitting hairs, I think. Yeah, I think once Hamilton overtook Leclerc, we knew he was going to be overtaking Norris. It was just a matter of time. Norris, obviously, Norris did really well to sort of hold him back for that long, and he did really well overall to get to keep sort of P three. Yeah, it was it was it was definitely interesting. I like I like it was almost similar to um uh, the last race where Hamilton's hunting someone down. You're on the edge of your seat, and you're like. Well, for me, I'm like, please don't. <laughs> but yeah, no, at least it gives some excitement right to the end. And because I hate, I hate the races where someone's, like I said, someone's so far ahead and you know exactly what's going to happen. But at least there was some kind of mystery that potentially something could have gone wrong or Norris might have just done it. But yeah, it, at least there was that little bit of mystery. Yeah, definitely. And Ferrari had a very strong finish as well, didn't they? Yeah, I was, all, I'm kind of surprised. I mean, Leclerc was he was I think he's just been strong a weekend obviously apart from his little blip on the formation lap I I just think especially because the car isn't particularly good compared to obviously their previous cars and I think I feel like they're just a a midfield team for for them to get the finish that they did is is pretty good yeah I'm I was very surprised and I feel like Sainz had a bit of a more rockier weekend I feel like he was he had some issues he was making some mistakes but yeah again he he came in just behind Charles so all you can say is well done to them both that's some definitely some good points they've got for constructors yeah definitely I feel like um, Ferrari have managed to like get back a bit of pace that they lost in the last couple of years and I feel like it's it's only up from here for them um yeah like you say Leclerc did really well to get his position obviously um, signs being the new member of the team and having in a whole new car is like Ricardo is still getting used to the car but 
he seems to be adapting really well to it so and he did really really well yeah definitely I guess that leads us on to final thoughts of the weekend what were yours Amy honestly um I'm just super proud of (laughs) I keep saying this I'm super proud of Norris he's he's one of my favorite drivers so I am very biased um (laughs) but I'm literally sat here in Norris Norris team wear but (laughs) yeah he did incredibly well and obviously got driver of the day he thoroughly deserved definitely but yeah it was it was such a good weekend such a good race and I honestly hope that there's going to be a lot more races like this yeah definitely I definitely echo everything you're saying yeah massive well done to Norris it's definitely keep surprising in a positive way and I think what I've what I've taken from this race is because usually especially from last weekend I was kind of worried that okay so like everyone there was definitely a challenge to Mercedes but it's usually in years past Mercedes can begin to close that gap and always by the second or third race you they kind of settle into a one-two again but this one was even tighter obviously Bottas was absolutely nowhere you can definitely tell that it's going to be so close between maybe not just two teams maybe even three teams or and the midfield is going to be just as close as ever so I, I really do think that the fight's going to be taken right to the last few races again like the midfield was taken to last year so I'm just super excited for some close racing rather than people running away with it like usual. Yeah, I'm so excited about the midfield this season. They seem to have really upped the game and it's going to be so, so close. And I'm just, I'm really looking forward to it. So to finish off today's episode, I thought we'd just mention the big news that got announced today. The Miami track, 10-year contract starting from next year. How do we feel about this? I think, well, I think it's definitely good for F1 as a company because obviously, America brings will bring a lot of sponsorship and and not a huge amount of watches are from America so maybe it might increase the watching over there as someone who lives in England I don't know how how good that would be because I, I hate having to watch a live race at a ridiculous time because obviously their clocks are so different and I don't want to have to stay up ridiculously late or whenever it is um for America races and so yeah I'm Apart from that, obviously, it's very exciting. <laughs> not not to, to stamp on the news, but I also saw a picture of um, the Miami circuit and Brazil looking really, really similar. And I just thought that's a bit weird. But <laughs> Yeah, I'm very excited for Miami. I think it will be quite interesting to see, like you say, the new track. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. <laughs> yeah, I'm literally the same as you with the time zones. I cannot be dealing with staying up late and watching the watching the race super late. But I will do it for the love of the sport. I will do it. <laughs> yeah, we can do it, but we'll still do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my friend literally as soon as we heard the news, my friend was already looking at flights over to Miami to see if we can get out there for the race. I think it will just it will be really cool to have a new a new uh, place to go and race. So yeah, to I guess that's adding it to a already packed calendar. I don't know where they're going to fit it in, or we're just going to have like something like twenty five races. I mean, I'm not complaining. I want as many races as possible, but there's just so many places now. It's kind of I'm getting all confused. And on that note, we're going to leave it there. (laughs) And we will be back next week with a brand new episode of the F1 Girls. Thank you all so much. Bye.